You are welcome to the Nigerian Filmmaker, a podcast about Nigerian filmmakers, their films, and how we can build a diverse and functional industry. I'm your host, Selek Gott. On this episode, my guest is Bright Wonder. He's a writer, director, and founder of HD Film Academy and Studios. He is known for his most recent film, If I Was President. We talk about his happiest Nollywood moments, reflections on 10 years at the Film Academy, and his upcoming projects. If you're a new listener, you're welcome and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Mr. Bright. You're welcome to the Niger Filmmaker. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I'm glad to be here. So, um, can you introduce yourself? Oh, yes. Uh, my name is Bright Wanda Obinobasi. I'm a filmmaker, um, I'm a writer, producer, director, and an acting coach, um, president of High Definition Film Academy. Um, studio and executive director of Film for Impact Foundation. So film filmmaking is what I do uh, generally. Can you tell us your earliest um, experience of filmmaking, how you got started in the industry? Okay, so um, I uh, film, okay, so I'm not one of those filmmakers who, or persons who would say film, was there, I was born into filmmaking. Not really. Uh, I had finished my secondary school before I, even, um, uh, before I knew I was going to make film, which was in the, just before I got into university, you know, I started in my drama group in church, yeah. in Magnet Theatre, where I, I was acting majorly. Then I wrote my very first script, you know, in school then. Um, sorry, in, in church. I wrote my very first script, the short film we did in church, crucial five minutes, you know. Then I got into the university. I did my first major work in university in my third year. That was um, 2003. Love Tones was my very first work. So more like a movie on stage, you know, and I was in my fellowship theater through that Shekina Theater, Castle Futo. So it all started in Futo, really. That's how it started. And then, you know, learned, I kept learning, you know, until I left school, came into Abuja, you know, uh, um, uh, there was this theater troupe, not really a theater, more like a film production house in Kubwa then, Firebrands, you know. I had to go there, worked with um, Firebrand for a while, uh, made my triage films, you know, but I made my very first feature film in 2011. That was after I started my organization, High Definition Film Academy. In 2011 was my debut, and I made um, Away From Home, my very first film. Yeah. And Away From Home was the film that gave birth to my next film, which is Broken. Broken was the groundbreaking film for me in 2000. It was shot in 2012, released in 2013. Yeah. That was the film that really positioned me in the industry. It's the film through which um, a lot of people started identifying with my work. And uh, it's a film that got me in Hollywood movie nominations, six nominations then, you know. So that was my big break. My big break came in 2013, which um, Broken. So from Broken, it's been, you know, one, one step higher, you know, down to 2018 when I made my last film from President, 2018. Yeah. Okay. All right, so let's talk about um, Broken. Um, what was Broken about and why did you choose this particular story? Um, broken, broken is a story about, um, uh, so, so I'm saying it's a story about child abuse, you know, but uh, 
not just about child abuse, actually a story about parenting. The fact that a lot of what we find in society today is people can just have a fling and a baby emerge from that and they are not ready to um, take that responsibility. So we're saying if you must have such kind of relationships, then be ready for what comes out of it. Yeah. And kids should not be left in the streets, you know, to grow on their own because a lot of the reason society is cracking down today is because the home is broken, you know. So when the home is broken, the parents are broken, the, everywhere is broken. So the society itself becomes broken. So I wanted to tell a story that um, mirrors society. I mean, those are more or less the kind of stories I am more passionate about telling. You know, I want to tell stories that impact society in one way or another. So for me, uh, at that point, I thought of a couple of stories, but Broken was the one that sat well with me. You know, tell the story of the child who gets to experience the frustration and the life gives when parents do not do their job and how it gets to affect society. So that was what led to Broken. So Broken tells the story of this guy, um, these three set of, these siblings, three of them, who had various experiences as a product of the fact that their parents neglected their duties, separated, and both of them went their way to marry their own, you know, to build another family, yeah. you know, um, leaving behind these kids to the harsh um, harshness of um, society. And they grew, you know, rough grounds. And at the end, they became a thorn in the flesh of their parents. So these parents... Uh, these two people have got to unite to find a way to salvage, you know, the situation and save the lives of their children and also stabilize their current families. Okay. For you as a young filmmaker in 2011-2012, um, what were some of the films that inspired you? Like, what um, kind of formed your point of view as a director? Okay, um, I've always, I, I, I won't say I grew up liking, but at some point, um, I, I became very inclined to Mel Gibson's film, yeah. you know, um, things like Braveheart. Braveheart, I've watched that movie a lot of times, you know. Uh, Braveheart was a film that really touched me so much. It's yeah. the film that... Uh, also linked me up with uh, Mel Gibson. And after Braveheart, I watched a couple of his other films too, The Patriot and all that. And somehow I think these things, this fire about trying to make do films that would impact society positively, it's always been there. But watching films like Braveheart, watching films like The Patriot, watching some other films like that, it, you know, it activated that part of me and then uh, my religion too, I mean, I'm a Christian. And then I also want to tell stories that um, um, powers my faith. Yeah. And so uh, watching him do the movie like um, Passion of the Christ 2, you know, it's told, uh, the, I, I, I mean, I've watched a lot of films about the birth and death of Christ, but none was as powerful and two of the films by Tyler Perry. I mean, other directors, I mean, good directors in Hollywood, people like James Cameron, whose Titanic blew my mind, you know, and his Avatar, and a couple other directors. Yeah, I appreciate these people. I appreciate their films, but people like Mel Gibson left an imprint inside of me that when you look at a couple of my films, you'll see 
you know, some tendencies, you know, like that. So uh, I think growing up as a young filmmaker, those were some of the things that inspired my work. Okay. So, um, yeah, let's talk about your latest film, Ivan President. Um, yes. It came out just before the 2019 Nigerian elections. Yeah. yeah, what was the story behind, um, you know, making that film? Okay, so my president basically is still me trying to, uh, trying to use my craft, to use my past of filmmaker to speak to society. You know, it's, um, I want to make great films, but most importantly, I want to make films that affect society positively. Yeah. So I thought of what to talk about. And at that time, I realized that uh, it was in 2018, so a lot was tending towards um, the elections. And I thought about it. Everybody complains about the society. Everybody complains about governance in this country. Everybody says so much. We are also victims. We are both victims and accomplices at the same time. So I wanted to tell a story that reflected that the society in that light. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, past and least treaded. A lot of people don't tread that, you know. Uh, I want to do more of 100% commercial flick, but I, I knew it was a story I was passionate about telling. So I wanted to tell a story that over time, not a story that will end today. If I'm president, will be evergreen as long as this nation, not just this nation, nations in the continent of Africa and beyond remain. So, so I want to tell the story that has that sort of longevity and relevance across decades. If yeah. a president, you know, came to mind, tell a story of uh, a great nation that needs to rise to save a great continent like Africa, but it's been ripped apart by corruption, you know, and that's basically what inspired my rising to tell that story, if I'm president. Yeah. Just like um, 2018, when you released this film, when the year just before the general elections in Nigeria, um, yes. 2023, do you feel that the themes you addressed in If I'm President, do you feel as a country we have learned our lessons and kind of evolved from that, or was, was we still have a lot of lessons to learn? Truth is that we really do have a lot of lessons to learn. And when I was making the film, I didn't know that what we're doing, you know, this, I didn't know that the journey was actually a marathon. I thought it was a sprint. I thought it was a uh, 100 or 200 meters race. But I mean, over time, time taught me that no, it's a marathon. It's not going to happen now. That's why right now a lot of people are still talking about the film and so many people are saying, please, every Nigeria, every youth has to watch this film before 2023 election. When it comes to 20. Uh, 27, I think that same conversation will rise. In 2031, it will rise because the film is evergreen. So people will keep learning and keep applying, but I've come to understand that this will take time. Nigeria is not going to transit overnight, so it's going to take time. But I can assure you that, I mean, I look at the feedbacks, over 4,000 feedbacks on YouTube, you would, I, I realize that, yes, the film is achieving its purpose, but it's going to be one person at a time. It's not yeah. going to be, it's not going to affect that totally. So one person at a time. So when I hear people say in this election in 2023, no, I must go get my PVC. No, I must do this. No, I will rise and do this. Yes, it means the behavioral change we're looking forward to achieving with the film is being achieved. But it's just going to happen step by step slowly. So yes, it's achieving its purpose, but it will take time. Yeah. 
And yeah, like I'm, I think, you know, film is a good way to kind of hold up a mirror against society for us to see what we're all about. And I mean, this film is going to, you know, be that um, kind of reference to where we were in 2018, yes. 2019, 18. you know, 100 yeah. years from now. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll know like what um, the polity and the country was all about. Yes. Yeah. Let's take a bit of a detour. Um, can you mention three random facts about you that not many people know? <laughs> uh, okay. Random facts about me. I think many people don't know. Okay. I'm a very great acting coach, which I think it's only students who come to the academy really know that part of me. Yeah, You know, people who come to the academy engage that, but that's actually one of my strongest strengths. I'm a very strong actor, director. And, um, wow. So it's, it's a part of me I'm looking forward to expose this year by not just boxing it within the academy. So only the actors who come to train here, you know, do that. So that's, that's a major part of me as I want to, you know, put out there, you know. Of course, then screenplay too, you know. Yeah, people know I wrote I wrote it from president. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm not doing much. I'm not doing much with that, with my writing capacity. I don't do too many things in film. I write, produce, direct, yes, but I think the greatest strength lies with writing and um, writing and of course training actors and directing. So to a large extent, uh, some of the things I would have mentioned, I think somehow people know about it. I mean, people know about my family. They know I'm married, I have three kids. And um, uh, yes, when it comes to using the stage, I can use my stage very well. Yeah. But um, I'm very conservative with a lot of other things, yes. I'm okay. very conservative. Okay, I think one major thing, yes, people don't know. People don't know a lot of, well, people who knew me from school, they know that part. But uh, after, say, from 2009 to 2010, after then, I think a lot of people who know me today, they don't know I sing. Okay. They don't know. Yes, I I released my first album in 2009. Like, I think 90 to 95, 98% of the people that know me don't know that, yes, I I do music. Yes, but I do. I do music, I sing, and I'm hoping... That my brain will come down again to be able to, you know, do some of those great music. You know, I mean, right in school, I was known for music because I was before I was ever known for film. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people thought I was going to that was that was my path. Music was my path. But I realized I had more comparative advantage with film, so I did film. Uh-huh. But I think the the music will soon come again. Okay, so let's talk about um um, you as an acting coach, what's your approach? How do you normally like um, work with people that are looking to um, improve their acting? Okay, um, so basically what I've done all the while, it's, um, it's been in the, at the academy, so students come currently, I have new students that I'm training. Uh, but like I said, this year, I'll be launching out my acting stuff, you know, my acting portfolio fully so that people from all across the world, not just Nigeria now. Wherever you are in the world, they'll be able to assess, you know, my trainings. There are different packages I currently will be, you know, running. So people from every part of the world approach it. But uh, in terms of training actors, 
you know, as humans, we don't have strengths in everything. For me, one of those strengths, when somebody has five talents, another has three, another has two, one, some have one. For me, one of the strengths, one of the talents I've been given is to train actors. However, if you watch any of my films, from Broken to, uh, from, from Away From Home to Broken to even President, everyone, you would discover something about the artistic delivery, the actors, yeah. they're always strong. I think here also it's one of those um, one of those uh, persons whose students, uh, while Abuja was still not um, very popular on the film radar, huh. my student, three of my students, that was as far back as 2013, three of my students was nominated for Nollywood Movie Awards in acting category. Ike was nominated for Best Actor alongside Lucy KJ who finally won it. Yeah. And then Taylor was nominated for Best and. Uh, uprising and maybe triple was nominated for best supporting so and then of course some of other other students was were also nominated for other stuff but um, with other awards so because that's actually my strength you know yeah. so um I, I can see through actors and can help them be better so whether it's uh, you want to prepare for an audition or you want to prepare for a role especially like preparing for a role how to doctor it now because i'm a director uh, it's also a strength so i can see with the eyes of a director when training actors so what would the director be looking for what is a director that knows what he's doing what would he be looking for i'm an actor and i'm a director so yeah. those two strengths combined together uh i'm not, I'm not just an actor i'm a good actor i think people say that very much so it's just that I don't like being in front of the screen. So the being behind the screen, more or less, I'm a kingmaker. I may not be the king. Uh-huh. I just want to make kings. So I want to make the actors. Yeah. So because I have that eye, I'm able to train the actors to give directors what they want. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's something I've done across 18 years and so much experience. So uh, whatever actor I have to work with, I think they always come out better than the ever next reproduction yeah. so yeah you just finished talking about how um you kind of coach the actors to be ready to go for auditions and also interpreting roles but as a director what do you do to create an environment where the actor can deliver their best work okay so um currently the directors that are training at the academy they take some courses in the acting classes acting for directors yeah. A director needs to understand how actors think, you know, you need to understand how actors think. If you understand how actors think and understand the processes of actors, you'll be able to better direct them. I mean, one of the questions a student asked me two days ago is, sir, what is a situation where I know that what I'm trying to put forth is good, but the director does not really want it that way. Like I'm trying to deliver my character in a, in a very uh calm articulate way that conveys emotion but he wants me to shout and all that i, mm. I will always tell them well the director calls the shots whatever the director wants is what the film is going to be so but you also want to pray to always have directors who are who know what they're doing and who understand acting properly so they can guide you because working with actors is more or less actors handing their career into your hands and you just need to be good to direct them properly. So to understand to understand actors is very important for you to be able to direct them. Example, if you want an actor to cry or there's a scene where your actor is going to cry, you don't want to tell the actor. So in this scene now, you're very, very sad. 
Yeah. And you need to cry. So try to be try to be sad, feel sad and cry. That's not an actor's language. An actor doesn't understand that language. You mm. need to create the elements the actor understands. If you create the elements and create the psychological environment to enhance the actor's ability. Once you create the environment, the actor understands the elements in that environment. And if the actor can relate to those elements, the tears is just the result. So when they can relate to the elements you've created, the truth is that the end product will be gotten. So the tears will not look forced. It will look natural. So create the environment for them. And to create that environment, you must understand the dynamics of the actor. How does the actor think? How does the actor process his or her thoughts? How does the actor understand or interpret um, languages and scripts mm. and all that? If you understand that, you'll be able, able to better create it. And of course, um, 65% of directing is casting. Yeah. So if you don't cast properly, you already have anything wrong. So you want to cast actors at first. They suit the role, whether aesthetically first, and then, of course, they'll fit it aesthetically, but also potency-wise, they should be able to deliver the character. So it means you now need to trust them. If you trust your actors very well, because you've selected good actors, then you've got to trust them. If they know you trust them, they are likely to give their best. So you trust them, tell them you trust them, tell them you, you, you believe they can deliver the best. And also not just tell them, show them. I'm not always trying to override everything. Be open. You have to be very open to... Um, also accept their opinion and thoughts. I will always want to discuss with my actors, what do you think about the role? What do you see? It mm. makes them share in the process. And if they share in the process, they build more confidence. They like you. They believe you trust them. So they are not in a haste to prove anything to you. They yeah. know you already believe and trust them. And in that, that environment alone is an environment that psychologically positions them to be able to deliver for you. you know, so okay. these are the processes you know, I always apply to get my actors to perform better. Okay. The making of films, they thrive on trust and collaboration. The writer writes the script and it's the job of the director to, you know, interpret that with the help of the actor. So what is your point of view with um, actors improvising as opposed to sticking to um, what is on the page? Okay, but I, I mean, this is also what I train my actors for. I train my actors. When I start training my actors, I tell them professionally, you are not licensed to improvise any script. Don't come to a production, like people will come with the idea that the script is just a guide. Use your words. There's nothing like that. If you want to be a professional, you could give the script word for word. Yeah. If you're going to be changing anything, please consult your director. Talk with your director before you shoot. Don't don't wait to to take everybody by surprise. There's no surprise thing in the film. It's it's a collaborative work. But should you start performing and something comes up and there's need for an improvisation anywhere at all, trust me, a director who understands what he's doing too. Should you improvise and it works better, he would allow it. But if it does not work, if he's going to negate something somewhere, he will call your attention and say, no, I know this isn't bad, but if you say this, look at what it's going to affect here. So just say this particular word, the way it is. Yeah. You know, so a director will do that. But generally as an actor, don't aim at improvisation. Aim at, let your improvisation, in fact, let your power be shown in the interpretation of the lines and the script, not in adding your own lines. There's a writer who wrote it, there's a director, there's a lot of people who have gone through that script before it came to you. So don't try to add your own lines. 
that shouldn't be your goal. Your goal is to add so much with your interpretation of the story, great interpretation of the story, not the lines. Uh, what is that um, one movie or TV series that you always love to rewatch? Hmm. This is this is really tough. It's tough because I think I feel them on rewatch, but if I'm to choose just one, uh, it's going to be Designated Survival. Designated Survival, it's, uh, it's a series I've watched more than, I can't remember how many times, you know, or more than five times. Yeah. You know? yeah. What was special so about choose, it? Well, what was special about it is that Designated Survival is like a president. <laughs> ah. So they are story-wise. So there's a lot, you know, about it that connects to my persona. You know, it connects to my persona because if I'm president, and Zina Chief voice and the president is like me talking to the nation. Yeah. You get so it connects to me in deeper ways than just being a film. You get so that's yeah. why not like it's the best film or series out there, but it connects to me in ways deeper than just a film. Yeah. At this point, um, yeah, we'll talk about the High Definition Film Academy. Okay. Um, yeah, congrats on celebrating ten years of the academy's existence yeah, last year. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, what pushed you to start the academy? Yes, I've always wanted to train people. I've always wanted to impact knowledge. So right from my days, even in the university, I had a production house, which basically what I was doing there is training people. I would train them to work on productions and all that. So I grew with that out of school into the city of Abuja, and I've always done this training. So. And, you know, I realized at the time that there was so much film trainings or academy. So it's something I always wanted to do. So what I always wanted to do, I decided to make it, make a life out of it, make it my life, train people, have people. Even when I'm not doing that at the academy, I'm doing it elsewhere. I'm doing something. I'm always training people. I'm always mentoring people. So it's a huge part of me. That's really what gave back to the academy. Okay. And um, yeah, how has it been these past 10 years? What have been some high and low points? I think the greatest point, you know, is financing. Financing, I mean, you always, uh, people, people want to be trained. That's the truth. But I think for now, film education isn't something that uh, people are really able to afford much yet, as they would want to. People are not really able to afford it that much. So we can't, we can't put the kind of fees we should put to be able to achieve the kind of result we desire. Yeah. So you need certain people, you need frontliners to come and um, train. You need also your facilitators to be well and um, remunerated and all that. Sometimes you need to bring them from outside your, your region. Sometimes they are within the region, but they have to do this, you know, as... Um, a source of living and, and pour their entire spirit into it. Yeah. You know, but the tuition people get to pay, we understand that people are not yet able to afford it so much. So it's, it, I think that's one of the biggest challenge uh-huh. you know, we've had running the academy. And so you've got to fight it. If you don't have the passion to really impact knowledge or training, trust me, you quit. Because if you want to look at the rate of returns, the, the uh, returns on investment, you run away. But the academy is more than just you know, this training, there are lots that are tied to the academy. 
even the production we run. So for us, it's all working out. It's all working together. And I mean, we also were, were in it for the long run. Yeah. That we were not going there. Yeah, it's, so we, we, started it, uh, we started out and we had in mind we're in this for the long run. And trust me, in the next couple of years, whatever I'm saying right now may not hold water because people will be more equipped to want to pay the kind of resource we need to run and we'll get the kind of support too we need to run the academy. You know? yeah. So yeah, it's going to work out. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to ask that despite the financial constraints, what keeps you going? I guess um, you'd say it's passion, right? Yes, of course, it's, that's it, it's passion. It's um, training is, training is amazing, really me. So even when it's not working out financially, especially like you might want it or to sustain, you know, build itself like it should, mm. <laughs> we're in this for something much bigger. Yeah. We're, we're changing narratives. We're changing narratives. We're influencing people's destinies. We're changing lives. Transforming societies, so there, there's, there's something bigger, and it's all working out perfectly. Okay, you know, ten years is a big milestone. When you know you hit that kind of milestone, sometimes you you decide to maybe yeah look back and um, maybe realign yourself with the goals that you set at the beginning, or you you know take um, things in a new direction. For HD Film Academy, um, what should we expect next? Okay, so for us, we consider the last decade as a learning curve. We learned a lot. We made a lot of mistakes. We made a lot of trials. We 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 we, we climbed a lot of mountains and found ourselves in a lot of valleys, pitfalls yeah. and cries up. So we feel that all those they formed more like a base for us to a springboard for us to soar. So most of what we've learned. You know, in our first decade, here is where we're doing the full application. We're more adventurous. We're more adventurous. We're more ambitious in our pursuit, both in terms of the kind of films we want to make. Every film we made, not uh, not even as with the exception of Ivan President, every film we made for us is a learning curve. I think this is really when we now want to make, you know, um, the kind of films we would want to associate ourselves with. Uh, referencing Ivan President, which we believe it's a good one, you know, but I mean, the series, which is currently, which currently have been developed completely in terms of, you know, the screenplay, it's the film, the film is just uh, uh, as, as good as people would say the film is, but it's just, uh, <laughs> it's just based for where the series is. The series is, highly, highly more powerful than the movie itself yeah. is. And we couldn't have made it this great without having done the movie. So the movie was a stepping stone to the series. Likewise, every other project we've worked on. Likewise, the academy, everything at the academy, you know, has changed in terms of upgrading, reinventing ourselves to do better. So we consider everything that happened in the first decade as a learning curve to be able to position ourselves in terms of the productions we do and the trainings we do and the kind of students that will come out of the academy, the result in general, I think it will be far much more um, associated with excellence on all fronts. Okay. Have you been keeping in touch with ex-students? Like, how are they doing in the industry? Currently, I think we, we can't say we, we're keeping in touch with all of them, but I think 
uh, we're, we're in touch with a lot of them, most of them actually, the alumni. Some of them, a, a couple of them are not really, uh, or if some of them are not really practicing film, but a lot of them are. We have actors who are currently frontline, you know, when they come to the industry, they are doing very well. You know, we have producers who are producing for major um, distribution networks. You know, we have directors who are also directing for major project, directing major projects and production, likewise producers. So they are doing well. We have we have the ones who are currently top as you know when you say top editors in Nigeria and the rest of it. So yeah, a couple of our students are doing very well. And alumni, yes, we're in touch. We uh we have a web and alumni forum where we reach out to them. We also have packages that should always bring them home, such a way that um, like whether it's use of facility or equipment, they still get what we call the alumni discount. Yeah. It still supports whatever they're doing. So yes, we keep in touch. Okay. So let's say um you went to a secondary school and um money is not is not a problem. If you are going to try and convince secondary school students to join the academy, so what what are some of the benefits of you know learning from a film school? I think one of the one of the strongest in a film school does for people it's um it's uh networking they yeah. provide a very strong i mean a lot of our students they that met themselves here they are doing big things together huh. so um most it's what is taught in school here people can go online and learn it yeah so what can you not get online you can't get direct mentorship but here you're getting direct mentorship even after class people are mentored by facilitators yeah you can get direct mentorship you can also have access to the equipment the high level equipment you will need to produce or work on whatever you want to work mm. on and then that networking is entirely you know these are some of the major things people will get from the academy you network and then you have uh i mean a couple of our students currently after their program here maybe they do a three months or six months program so of them advance to and schools in the UK, US, Canada, different places. Yeah. And just by recommendation of the academy, which we've done a couple of it, they are they're already there. We also get referrals. I mean, uh, we've gotten a call, you know, we've gotten calls from agents, even agents who want to relocate students to UK. Yeah. And they're asking us to recommend our students, you know, actors who they would have to bring to the UK industry, but they are looking for young talent, young African talent. Yeah. We've done those kind of recommendations. We've got some recommendations. We had to do recommendations for next, uh, you know, when uh, recruitment for a Netflix project. So oh. we've had talents, talent um, competitions and all that. We always reach out to the academy, recommend these organizations like the UNDP and the rest of them. Yeah. I've wanted to do stuff and they will reach out. Can you recommend cinematographers? Can you recommend them? So we do a lot of referrals, a lot of recommendations, a lot of talents, you know, support programs. So those are some of the things people couldn't have just gotten outside, but they get on being a part of the academy. Okay. Um, you you talked about um competitions. You're a you're a significant part of the script to screen Africa reality show. Yeah. Yeah, can you talk more about it? Okay, Script of Screen Africa is a reality show. It's a filmmaking reality show, but it's not, it's not just a filmmaking reality show. It is centered on bringing into a house people who are not just 
going to make film, but they are also interested or passionate about using film to drive positive change. Yeah. So we bring them, train them, and then support them to make projects and also, you know, get they get rewarded in some way, whether they are winning something and be a part of huge projects too. So yeah. it is for um, passionate filmmakers, filmmakers who are passionate about using film to drive positive change. Yeah, that's what script to screen is. Okay. And um, why did you specifically choose the reality show format to send across these ideas? Uh, basically, it's because we know the power that reality show wields. Reality show has very strong power, captivates people. So no matter what we want to do, especially when you're doing something in impact, sometimes it could be boring, like a lot of people will not watch documentaries. And all uh, that. There are a lot of entertaining documentaries and so much. So we're looking for a platform to drive this great idea. The great idea is that, yes, we make films, but see, we can also use film to drive, you know, great transformation in society. Yeah. So we wanted to use a vehicle. So the reality show is more or less just a vehicle that people appreciate. People like that vehicle. So we introduced that to use it to drive, you know, um, these great minds, because yes, these great minds we're reaching out to. since so they like reality shows, which we used the vehicle to get them on board, basically. You also are part of Africa Film for Impact Festival and the foundation. Yeah. yeah. What's your focus as a, as a festival? Okay, so it's still the Film for Impact-centric nature. Mm. Uh, so uh, there are no much festivals yet that celebrate films that are made to drive positive change. So we thought of such a festival where people who make films to drive positive change could have their films screened to an audience that appreciate that kind of film or those films. But very importantly, too, to bring them closer to the sponsors who, who sponsor those kind of films because they are organizations that are interested in films to drive positive change. So we wanted to create a platform for the makers of those films and the drivers of the films and the sponsors of those films to meet in the yeah. festival. Yeah. You know, so basically that's the that's what inspired um, Film for Impacts Festival. Okay, and um, what time of the year does the festival hold? Uh, so November, November, we've held it for two years now, and it's both held in November. Is it the festival that kind of incorporates screenings, workshops, and uh, master classes? What kind of festival is it? So we have, uh, it, we started last year, which two years ago, which is COVID-19 year, 2020. So it held virtually, but even while it's virtual, we still had our master classes. We had um, uh, film screenings, we had uh, uh, workshops, and then of course we had seminars, and then we had an award. It always ended with an award. The most outstanding things in various categories are awarded. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well done. Thank a lot of a lot of impact being made. Yeah. Yeah. So far, um, what has been your happiest Nollywood moments? Something that happened in this your line of work that made you really happy. I think if there's a if you if I'll use the word happiest moment, if I'll use the word happiest moment. Going to Nollywood Movie Awards was not my happiest moment. I won Best Nigerian Comedy in 2015 yeah. uh, with the movie Diary of the Triplet. That, that wasn't my happiest moment. Ivan President screened at um, the other Africa, not Young Toronto Conference. That was a great moment for me. But I think 
my happiest moment is um it's still it's still evolving every time i go see what even president is the kind of impact is creating in the society for me i think that's that would, what that's what i would call my happiest and it's yeah. it's rolling it's a rolling happiest moment sort of the, because that thing was designed for that purpose the fact mm. i see it achieving the purpose for me it's one of the greatest aspirations i have for even today working on the things i'm working on currently that's one of the greatest inspiration well, the greatest impact I drew inspiration for. So yes, that was what I would call my happiness. Okay. Just like the High Definition Film Academy, Nollywood is also growing, but there are still some things that are holding us back as an industry. For you, what would you say we should focus on changing? I've always said distribution is the biggest problem Nollywood has because, I mean, we have very limited cinemas. And if we create more distribution, I would like it to it will be better. But right now, I'm asking myself, and I'm not too sure, and I want to just say distribution, because right now, Netflix is here. I mean, this alternative distribution. Netflix is here, Amazon is here, HBO is coming. You know, all of them are coming. So if there's anything we need to change, I think this is a time, if you're a filmmaker in Nigeria, it's a time where you need to do your homework very well, because mm. everything you need is here now. So I'm no longer... I'm not really complaining about distribution anymore, even though there's still stuff that needs to be done about distribution, you know, especially as it concerns like cinema, so we can still screen in cinemas before we stream online and all that. But the way it's going, the way it's going, the society, society is really moving fast. So while cinemas are there, alternative distribution like the, uh, these platforms right now, you may not take them away. So some film might just go there directly yeah. So the thing is, almost is now on us filmmakers to up our game, up our game, up our game, spend more time. I mean, I just finished script conference with the president. I've never done that in my entire life. That yeah. I spent just for a script workshop, script conference. The script has been written or everything for me, but I've spent over a million just to do development, script conference. Do you get? Yeah. I've never done that. So for me, doing that now is an, it's a kind of is a shift in my mindset, shift in perspective. Yeah. So I would say if you're going to say um, the script is the script is the heart of it, the story is the heart of it. If you're making a film story, everybody's criticizing films now that were released. You know, so they are saying the story is this, the story. So if everybody's saying the story is this, it's not enough to say it. Invest in it. Yeah. And that's really what I'm trying to do. So every filmmaker should invest in the process. The process of making this film is where we really need to spend more time. We spend more time, trust me, every other thing will work out well. So that the films we churn out, I think that go to Netflix, Amazon, and the rest of them will be so great that Nollywood will rub shoulders with Hollywood and any other wood that exist. But if we don't do our homework well, it's not about the monies that are coming in, it's not about the big people them coming in is not enough. Yeah. We need to give out great works out there. And the only way that will happen is us doing our homework properly. Okay. Um, yeah, so what are you working on currently? Like, what's your next project? What is so the I'm working on, I have a couple of things in the pipeline, but the major things I'm working on is even President TV series and One Boy TV series. These are two TV, major TV series I'm working on. And of course, this year also, at least people should also expect a feature, a major feature from me. I'll be working yeah. on a new feature this year. 
Okay. And of course, one Boys series and even present series are two major TV series that are currently uh running up the development going into pre-production. Yeah. Are you going into production for any of these projects this year? Yes. They are all both of them are going to production this year. The movie okay. is also going into production this year. Okay. All right, well done. Well done. Thank you very much. Lots of um, activity. All right. So yeah, how can people keep up with your work? What's um your website, social media? Okay, so for websites, my personal website is yet to come up. It's um the academy's website, hdfilmacademy.com, www.hdfilmacademy.com. It has all about the academy. And then for me, uh, Bright Wonder HDF is my handle on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Bright Wonder HDFA. Uh, I think on Twitter it's B Wonder. B Wonder HD, B Wonder HDFA, but Instagram is Bright Wonder HDFA. So I mean, through this you can keep in touch with me. About okay. All right. Thanks, Mr. Bright, for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you greatly, and thanks for the great work you're doing. More grace. Yeah. Thank you. We have come to the end of this episode. Remember to rate and review the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Selegal Film and the podcast at the Niger Film Pod to share your feedback. You can now support the podcast by visiting the website to donate. See you on the next episode. Have a good one.